Welcome to the Paydia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. Richard, we, we had to take a break last Friday. I was going to say, it's not Friday. It's not Friday. And it's not uh, 6.30 in the morning. Right. Uh, there's so many things different about this podcast than normal. But I feel like we've slept in. <laughs> that's right. It does feel like that. Um, but we weren't able to record last Friday. Uh, for a variety of reasons, we had uh, to take our kids to school actually, so we weren't able to get in as early as we, oh, we right. usually do. That's and right. then we had meetings and patients and all that kind of stuff. So right. we had to put it off, and so we figured, hey, you know what? We're here. To, we're here today. Why and not? I'm taking a day off Friday, this mm-hmm. coming Friday. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to be here. So. Right. That look so that we need you have to... right now tells me, yes, this is your fault. Okay, but I appreciate you didn't throw me under the bus on that one. But yes, this is my fault because I won't be here this Friday. Right. So you were gracious enough to say, well, let's do it. Let's do it today. today. And we're going to actually try to record another one this evening, um, maybe for either for this podcast, for the Paydia, or for right. the Mental Breakdown, mm-hmm. and maybe even one tomorrow evening. It depends on... What I can talk you into. <laughs> what Mr. you Man. can squeeze out. Well, no, I have a meeting in the afternoon, but I should be back by then. You better be but back. We're fun- we only have one car this summer, so that's another story. That's another story. For completely. another time. Okay. <laughs> so, but it's good to be here on Wednesday. It's good to be talking about this stuff again. Yes. And we're going to continue. So the last few episodes uh, of Paydia have really focused on things we can do over the summer to help prepare our kids and to sort of create some new habits but to prepare our kids for a good start to next school year. That's right. I have, um, our children are older now. You know, they're right. in high school and beyond. Um, right. And I don't, I, you know, typically when we were growing up, summertime was school's out. I mean, there are songs written about this stuff, right? School's out for summer. Yeah. Summer was seen as a time to just relax and have fun. No more um, no teachers', more teachers dirty looks, yeah, you know, that, so that little limerick. Um, and we tend to always think of summer as let's just take time off and um, forget about school and sleep, stay up late and, you know, go to camp and have fun and forget about school until August or September. Right. Okay? That's changing. And well, it should change. Because should? of research. It, it should oh, change oh, because what, what research yeah. is saying, right. you know, many parents and many uh, kids have that tendency to want to maintain that. You know, right. They want to maintain the idea that, you know, let's not do anything, let's stay up late, let's sleep even later, let's, right. you know, not have any obligations, let's avoid anything academic mm-hmm. that we can. And um, they want to go in that direction. Right. Um, Take the summer off. But we shouldn't. Because we hear parents all the time say, oh, I'm so glad school is out because we don't have to get our kids up, we don't have to force them to school, we don't have to worry about homework and projects and packing lunches and what are they eating and where are they going. Right. We don't have to worry about that for a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. However. Right. It's sort of a new era. I mean, you and I, when our children were very young, we didn't treat the summer we sort of treated it as vacation time, right? When they were little, yeah. Okay, so but over the years, this this idea of what do you do in the summertime has started to change, and it suddenly struck us that the research that you're talking about, where you can't take two months off because you're going to lose the gains that you made during the school year, right? And well, you know, and the important thing to mention is that the reason that it changed, because that's probably always been the case. Oh yeah, but yeah. but the reason that it's different is because of our old friend high stakes testing right you know we don't we can't afford and schools can't afford to spend the first four or five weeks building skills back up that's right to where they need to be 
you know, many schools start out day one. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Right. This is this is this is this it. is the new grade. Yeah. Whatever whatever you learned last year, good because we're starting new right. and we're not going to review for the first month or two of school right. to get you up to grade level. Right. You, you need to be at grade level on day one. Right. And, and and the research is very consistent, suggesting that you know kids who don't read over the summer can mm-hmm. lose up to a half grade level in reading skills. That's right. And I think it's important for parents to hear that that. If your child doesn't read for two months, they could lose two to three months of reading. Right. If your child's classmates are reading over the summer, they can gain two to three months reading. Which means that on the first day of school, your child could be four or five months behind his or her classmates. Right. You know, the the differential is is significant. Right. And, and, And it's... um. And, and it shows uh, from day one of school. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, so in, it, but to, in today's podcast, we're not going to talk so directly about those kinds of things, the, right. the reading and the math and the, and the written expression and things mm-hmm. like that that we need to be doing. We're going to talk about, um, it, we're going to kind of expand on some things that we talked about the, in That's the right. last podcast where we were talking about lifestyle decisions. That's right. Because uh, What we're eating, so right. especially. Because what suddenly dawned on us recently is that um, in order to function optimally at school kids have to eat right they have to sleep right and they have to get exercise right and the summer is an ideal time for parents to set up those routines right before we just say oh just run and have fun and go do whatever you want right but now because of the changes that are occurring in school um, maybe we ought to think our feeling is we have to think of, of the summer as a time to establish those routines because you don't have to worry about homework, getting them up early, doing projects, um, getting them to school on time, keeping their uniforms or their school clothes clean. The summer is an ideal time to, um, to establish routines that will be useful when the school year begins in August. Absolutely. So our, our primary focus of this podcast is going to be on something we all we all love, but love to hate love at the same time. Right. Um, and, and that's sugar. Right. You know, we, we think of sugar, we sort of have this paradoxical opinion of sugar. We, uh, while we, we sort of simultaneously hate it and want to not consume it as much, but at the same time, it's in almost everything that we eat because right. we want it so bad. Right. Um, you know, we, we put it in our coffee. So in, in essence, we sort of counteract all the positives that coffee can provide to us, which is lots of antioxidants and those kinds of things. But then we load it full of sugar and all that other stuff and kind of makes it into a, um, Mm -hmm. almost makes it into a soda. (laughs) Turn it into a milkshake. That's right. That's That's right. Iced coffee. You got milk in it. It's like, there's no coffee in there. It's just milk and ice and And sugar. Half and half. Yeah. Turn it into a Caramel. Yeah, and caramel mocha, flavoring. Man. Right. It's, so, so we're taking, we, we've taken so many things. Uh, another thing is chocolate. You yeah. know, chocolate. Chocolate's good for you. Dark chocolate is right. really good for you. But then all of a sudden we start adding sugar and cream, cream and milk and all that kind of stuff to it. And Turn we it get milk, milk chocolate. <laughs> and it's, right. it loses right. a lot of its benefit because, right. uh, and one of the reasons is because there's so much sugar in it. Right, right. Well, no, but because what we talked about before was using the summer to get your kids on a better routine. Right for food, for exercise, and for sleep. And this whole food thing, because sugar is so ubiquitous, 
it, mm-hmm. it becomes an issue that we really do need to talk about separately. Right. Because um, it's our feeling that kids are consuming way too much sugar. Right. And it's also our feeling, and we're going to get into this in a minute, that sugar is not beneficial right. to detrimental. school. In it's some de- ways. It's, it's detrimental. detrimental. It, it, it puts kids, let's say it this way, sugar puts children at a disadvantage in school. Exactly. Okay. And let's, let's kind of, um, this will be my turn to do a little bit of a history lesson. Because you, you usually do the history stuff. But I was talking to my son about it this morning in preparation on our way to, uh, on my way to take him to school. But, you know, this, the, the, the sugar burst began back like in the 70s and 80s. Oh, oh sure. what do you mean sugar burst? We're, we're, sugar is in everything. Yeah. Now, I mean, right. and it didn't used to be. You know, we right. used to. You know, we had this idea of whole foods, and mm-hmm. you know, back in the in the in the olden days. <laughs> There's that look again. <laughs> he talks about the olden days, and he gets his smart. <laughs> but back back in the day, um, foods were more. Um, they had more single ingredient. Yes. Um, just Simpler a, a few in, few ingredients. Right. Mm-hmm. Today, because of processed foods, because of our need to hurry, because of our need to have quick meals and things like that, uh, food, m- many more foods are processed and those kinds of things. But back in the 70s and 80s, we went through this shift with the uh, Food and Drug Administration and, and the government in general where we were saying, you know, what, how much of each of these different types of foods do we need to eat? And so we got the food pyramid and that kind of thing. And for whatever reason, and, and it, I think to the, um, uh, upon first look, some of the things that they talked about then made sense. And that was that, you know, if you eat fat, you're going to get fat. So we need to cut out fat. Right. And so we had this explosion of uh, fat-free, reduced fat, no fat, right. all, all those kinds of products. And we decided that that was going to be the thing to do because, well, we don't want to eat fat and because we don't want to get fat. And so we're going to do that. Well, Fat clogged your arteries, right? Right, that right. It increased cholesterol heart and heart right. disease. And, mm-hmm. But the, the, the problem is, is that, you know, the reality is that fat tastes good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's one of the things that makes steaks taste so good and, and things like That's that. That's why because, we like prime rib instead of skirt steak. Right, mm-hmm. because it, the, the, the fat tastes good. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we take the fat out right. of a product or whatever, a food or whatever it is, Nobody's going to buy that product if it doesn't taste good. Mm-hmm. So they had to add things to make it taste good. And that's where we got uh, artificial flavors, artificial preservatives. Mm-hmm. And one of the main ingredients of those things, as well as other, you know, very right. directly adding sugar. sugar. Because sugar tastes good. It, it's a flavor enhancer. Right. right. And, and, you know, there, there have been these, these um, comments about how... Um, sugar, or not comments, but just observations that sugar has been added to so many things um, that we don't even recognize that mm-hmm. it's sugary anymore. Right. And when people from other countries, you know, mm-hmm. eat some of our food, they, you know, they are taken aback by how sweet it is and how much mm-hmm. sugar there is in it. Uh, but but to us, that's just it's just normal. Years ago, um, I w- when I was in graduate school, uh, there were uh, some students from Australia. They could not eat American mm-hmm. uh, desserts or cook, particularly American cookies. The first time they ate an Oreo, they, they couldn't swallow it yeah. because it was too sweet for their taste. And if you go to Europe and have desserts, they're not nearly as sweet as our desserts. Right. You know, that's right. one of the things that Americans complain about is your desserts aren't that sweet. We're used to a higher sugar level. Right. And, and you know, again, I was talking to my son about it this morning. And 
it, it, sugar is in, we, we just don't realize how much of right. everything has sugar mm-hmm. because we were talking about pizza and yeah. um, he was like, well, the pizza crust. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, that typically it's white flour and that's processed right. basically in your body as a simple sugar. But, you know, one of the things that makes the tomato sauce so good, so they, they add a little bit of sweetener to it. Right. Um, and, and it's just, it's in everything that we consume. When you prove the yeast, you throw sugar in it. Right. To make dough. Right. You know, I mean, you don't think of it, but that's how you prove yeast. Yeast, you throw sugar into right. it, sugar, water, and yeast, and it proofs, and then you know it's good. But then you've added sugar to your dough. Right. So, so sugar is in everything, and right. it, you know, so it's not. It, it's not a surprising statistic that the prevalence of diabetes and right. um, obesity and some of those things have significantly increased over the past 20, 30, 40 years, um, because. Well, we're just consuming so much more sugar. Yeah, so so even without adding sugar, right. such as having a soda or eating candy or um, adding tablespoons of sugar to your coffee, um, even without adding extra sugar, we are consuming large amounts of sugar simply because of the foods that we're eating. Right. Right. So we're already getting a pretty healthy dose of sugar uh, in the foods that we eat. Right. Okay. And now we're adding more to that. Right, and and the um, and we again some things that we don't think about. My my son had a um, had a granola bar for breakfast this morning, mm-hmm. which is always a, a great breakfast. Because you didn't get up and make it. It was breakfast. The, right, right, right. You didn't make him oatmeal or grits or something good for him, so he had to rely on a high sugar granola bar. Exactly, exactly. So and. and you know, when we were having this discussion, he says, well, how much sugar are you supposed to have a day? Mm. And I said, well, that's a great question. I said, you know, the Food Drug Administration, yeah. the, the daily allowance is 25 grams of sugar a day. And he said, grams, that's, that's a lot. You know, usually things are measured in milligrams. Well, of right. course, sugar is not measured in milligrams. Sugar is measured in grams. And this little granola bar he had, which mm-hmm. was maybe... Four bites, one of those really sure. little ones, mm-hmm. had 11 grams of sugar in so it. You're halfway there. So he's already halfway there just by eating that little granola bar. Now, 25 grams, but does that include all the sugar that, uh, what, but there's hidden sugar. So you're consuming a lot of sugar that you're not calculating, right? Right. Um, right, because if it will, there, there's sugar that we don't calculate because there's sugar, again, there's sugar in everything. Yeah, like you eat a pizza and there's uh, sugar in the sauce, but you're not calculating that. Right, because mm-hmm. it, because there's it, there, and it's varied, you know. Right, so, right. so so you, you don't, don't have much. a label that says right. that's right. how much is in it. Um, but you know, if you if you just look at what we consume on a regular basis, mm-hmm. like um, let's take a, a can of Mountain Dew. Right. All right, so people drink Mountain Dew, right? Twelve ounce can. A twelve ounce can of Mountain Dew. Right. A twelve ounce can of Mountain Dew, and, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's accurate, has 45 grams of sugar in it. It does because two and a half cans of soda has 100 milligrams. Yeah. So you're right. It would contain 40. Right. I mean, uh, 200 grams. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. So one can would be 40. Right. Two and a half, 80. Yeah, be 100. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. So, so and, and how many people drink a can? Most people drink a bottle, which is two servings. Go to 7-Eleven and get a big gulp. A big goal. 64 ounces? Right. And they, they sell the liter bottles um, uh, of Mountain Dew and, and these sodas. Which is so, what, 33? That's three times the amount of sugar. Right. So you're getting 120 grams. Right. 
so in a leader. So the again the the point is is that we consume so much sugar that we really think we're consuming. You know, we think, oh well, it's just a can of soda, or it's just a you know, it's just a bottle of Mountain Dew. It, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, Gatorade has a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. Um, Gatorade, I think, has about 20-something grams of sugar yeah, in it. It's a lot of sugar. Um, and that's per serving. That's why, And depending you know, on which size you drink. Yeah, with tennis players, kids, a lot of kids drink Gatorade mm-hmm. when they play tennis, and they're advised not to because the sugar makes, them so, uh, makes their stomach upset. Well, it, right. And, you know, athletes consuming it is one thing. But yeah, if you're in a football midst, player in Gainesville, in the midst of In the yeah. midst of working out and doing that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, a lot of parents give their kids Gatorade because they think, well, you know, it's a sports drink. Um, so, you know, they, they sit around the house and play I've video seen, games. I've seen Gatorade, Gatorade in baby bottles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweet tea. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. You, you, That's you a southern add a, thing, you know. You add a cup. I didn't know sweet tea existed. We used, for a gallon of tea, we would add almost two cups of yeah. sugar. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? Half a gallon was a cup of sugar. Right. So, so you know, again, Jeez. there's sugar is in so many things, and we just consume so much of it because it is... It's so passive because it, you don't see it. Right. You know, if yeah, you, if you are eating it. cubes of sugar directly, then you would say, okay, that's a lot of sugar. But because it's dissolved and we don't right. see it and it's so in, it's just immersed in everything, mm-hmm. we don't even recognize it. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why are we so concerned about sugar? Because of what it does to our body. So we're saying that we consume far more sugar than we should, right. than is healthy. And it has a detrimental effect on kids in school. Right. Okay. Which leads to the question, my question of, does sugar make children hyperactive? That's, that's, that's always the first question. People say, mm-hmm. well, the sugar effect behavior. Right. Okay. So that's where we're headed. Right. Right. The sugar effect behavior. Right. And, and that's an, an important direction to go because for a long time, you know, people thought that sugar caused ADHD. You know, they, they thought that... They still do. Right. Yeah, yeah. Many, many people do. Um, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't cause ADHD. Wait a minute. You can't say that. I can say that. But people believe that it does. Wow. People believe a lot of things. I know, but people really believe that sugar causes ADHD. Right. Should we talk about what sugar does? And we're here to... Discuss that, well, at least to discuss that issue. Because it is an important debate in, in, the, in pediatric, pediatricians disagree over, over that issue. I mean, it is an ongoing battle um, in, in pediatrics of whether or not sugar causes ADHD. Well, let's, let's talk. So we want to have a serious discussion right. about that debate. Right. So right. here's the differentiation to me. This wasn't this this wasn't part of the show prep, so you better be ready for this. So, let's talk about what that uh, proposition suggests. Sugar um, causes ADHD. Right. What that suggests is if we got rid of all sugar, we would have no ADHD. Correct. Well, okay. We know that's not true. Right. We know that in cultures that have very minimal um, sugar consumption, 
ADHD still exists. ADHD existed a hundred years ago. Right. Before all before of these. Before all the sugar stuff came up. Right. So. When sugar was so precious that only the wealthiest households right. could use it. Right. Okay. So we have that piece of supporting evidence. Um, the other thing is, is that what that also assumes is that um, all of the brain-based research that we have done on ADHD, looking at the differences between people's brains with ADHD and those people without ADHD, what we would have to assume is that for some reason in those people, sugar had a different uh, physiological effect on their brain than it did on, does on other people. Because if we're all eating this high sugar diet, why is it that kids with ADHD, why is it that their brains are typically different than this kid over here who probably, who, who typically, you know, eats, on, on average, eats the same amount of sugar, the same type of stuff. But doesn't have the symptoms. But doesn't have the symptoms. Doesn't have the physiological differences in the brain, the way the brain's structured. So it you doesn't have, have the functional differences. You have 10 kids at a birthday party. Right. They're all eating the cake. They're all eating the ice cream. They're all drinking the soda. Not all of them are hyperactive. Exactly. Exactly. So what you're saying is sugar affects differentially. Right. Affects different right. people differently. Right. Okay. And if that's the case, then it again, it makes it difficult to say sugar causes ADHD. That sugar is the culprit. That, right. It may be a mediating factor. It okay. may contribute. It may cause certain behaviors in kids whose brains are already sensitive in particular ways. Mm -hmm. Um but as far as causing it, that, that's, that's, that's always the issue I have, is, is the, the word cause. Okay. Because so, I don't think it causes it. Because if sugar caused hyperactivity, it would, it would cause hyperactivity in everybody. Right. You know, we all use oxygen. Right. Similarly. Right. I mean, we don't have a differential effect of oxygen. Right. Okay. So oxygen is the cause. Right. We can't say that about sugar. Right. Okay. Um, so so I, th I, think that, I think that that's... Uh, the issue, and, and to your to your point, we can't really do research to find causation with sugar, right. because what that would mean is that we would need to intentionally hurt people um, to try to find that. We would have to take somebody without ADHD and say, "I wonder if we give them enough sugar if we can make them ADHD." Oh, I see. Well. Yeah. There's no parent is going to sign up for that study. They're not going to say, yeah, give my, sugar, my kid as much sugar as you want to see if we can damage his brain to and, cause ADHD. And conversely, if we said, let's take all the sugar away, right. we're not sure that that was the difference because right. not all kids are sensitive to sugar. Right. Okay? right. We just said different effects for different people. So just by eliminating it and the child doesn't get ADHD, we're not sure. Right. Okay. Right. So, so there really is no way to establish causation. Causation, right, okay. right. Now, what we do know is that sugar causes a, a, a cascade of events biologically that cause, what I'm going to say, is ADHD-like symptoms. So, it, so sugar might trigger a cascade of metabolic events right. that results in a change in behavior. Right. Okay, so it's sugar starts the cascade 
which ends up as differences in behavior. Right. Okay. Or a change in behavior. Okay. Right. So, so and, and just very quickly, the way that that happens is we, when we consume a lot of sugar, our body responds and right. our pancreas releases um, insulin. insulin so that it can break it down so that we can... So it breaks the sugar down. Right. It makes it, it, it breaks it down so that it can then process... So that we can use it. So anything you ingest into your body, your body has to break it down into something else that your cells can use. Right. Okay. And, and that breaking down process depends on the type of sugar because we know that there's lots of different types of sugar. So like fructose and sucrose and those kinds of guys have to go through our liver to be broken down into, because the ultimate goal is for everything to be turned into glucose because that's what our body that's what uses. The cells use. right. Our cells can't, can't use uh, fructose. Right. Okay. We hear high fructose corn syrup. Right. Our body doesn't use that. Our liver has to take that right. and convert it into glucose. Right. That our body then can use. Right. Okay. And then once the once the glucose, the once the sugar right. is in our bloodstream, um, then the insulin goes in, takes care of it, um, and, and processes it so that our cells can then use it. Very simplified version. Um, All glucose is the same, right? Yeah, glucose because glucose, glucose, is, glucose. is the name of a uh, a cell structure, yeah. right? right. Okay. Um, and then. What happens from there is where we really start getting into the problem because so we have this. You mean after glucose, right? Okay. Once because once the glucose gets in our body, let's be honest. I mean, sugar is a stimulant, so it can it'll increase your heart rate. It will. Um, it, it has the potential of creating some um, glucose some energy. has that potential. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, and it and it creates can create energy and it can mm -hmm. can get you going. So we do see this um, this rise in energy. Um, af shortly after consuming a lot of sugar. That, that definitely happens. And that may be why we see um, and we think about ADHD because it does have the potential of creating some hyperactivity, some impulsivity, okay. and things like that. But what happens after that, Once the, for those whose pancreas works really well, the, the uh, insulin does a nice job of getting rid of all that uh, sugar for, for healthy individuals, people without uh, diabetes and things like that. The insulin you mean it a, absorbs the glucose. Right. It does a nice job so, of processing it so that it either gets to the cells for what needs to work and what doesn't, what isn't needed for functioning is stored away. Um, not coincidentally, is stored away as fat, but we can talk about that another time. Um, because, yeah, sugar turns to fat. Store stuff. Um, right. Any calories you don't use are stored as fat. Right. And that, that really messes up that whole 1970s, 1980s thing of, well, if you don't eat fat, we won't get, uh, we won't get fat. Well... If you eat a lot of sugar, you're going to get fat too. Um, but when the insulin does a nice job of getting rid of all that, we then become, we sort of have this rebound effect where we become somewhat hypoglycemic. Well, wait a minute. Because this is very complicated. Parents often ask me about this. So you have glucose in your body. Right. And that's what your cells are going to use. Right. Once your cells use as much glucose as they need, mm -hmm. um, where does the insulin come in? So your liver produces glucose. Does your pancreas then produce insulin to absorb the glucose? Right. Is that what? Yeah. Simply put, the pancreas, the, the, the insulin serves as a processor it, of, it, uh, of the glucose. Of glucose, right. It, it gets it to where it needs to go and stores it if it needs to be stored. But it, it helps alleviate, it helps rid the bloodstream of the sugar by either getting it where it needs to be used or storing it where it needs to be stored. Okay, so it doesn't break it down. Right. It's simply a transporter. 
Right. It, it's a pro, right a processor. Is right. What, how right. I think it's like right. transporter genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. So, so think of insulin as a, a um, our um, Uber. Right, right, right. Insulin is the um, is the gatekeeper. He's the guy who's going to take all this free floating glucose right. and get it access to where yeah. it needs here, to be. You go here. You go here. We don't need you. You go right. here. Okay. So it's that it's that gatekeeper right. sort of function. Okay. Right. So, but now you have insulin in your system. Right. And that's where I interrupted you. Right. So now you have insulin in your system. Right. And it's taking care of all the sugar. Right. So now there's very little sugar in your bloodstream right. and your body says, whoa, wait mm -hmm. a minute, we need some sugar. Where's my sugar? <laughs> and, and from a biological perspective, we need sugar for survival. I mean, our right. brain needs uh, sugar to, to function appropriately. It needs glucose. Right. It Glu needs glucose right. to, to function appropriately. And when it doesn't have it, our body will go into a stress state. And that we call... The, the stress response. And when it's low in sugar, we call that hypoglycemia. Okay, so so once insulin does its job, right. then you move toward a state of hypoglycemia, right. which right. means not enough glucose. Right. So now insulin has done its job very well, mm -hmm. but now the brain is saying, wait a minute, you've done your job too well, right. and now I'm a little bit low, right. because the body's always trying to maintain this balance, right. okay? So now the body's saying, wait a minute, now I'm a little bit too low, and a little bit too low is called hypoglycemia. Right. 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 So within about an hour or so, mm -hmm. you go from hyperglycemia, right. where you have way too much uh, glucose in your system, right. to hypoglycemia, where you mm -hmm. have too little. And that's that drop that we talk about, right. where, where people have this, this, this drop. Yeah, they crash after they've, uh, they've eaten a lot of sugar. So now they crash, they become hypo, hypo, not enough, glycemia. Now what? And that triggers a stress response in our body. That's right. And when and it, as it I, moves you to action. Right. As I have mentioned to, I, I tell my patients almost every day, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, our body, when when our body is stress, stress is stress. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you strain your knee, if right. you have emotional stress because of a relationship, if you're stressed out because of work. Or because you're stressed because you're in hypoglycemia. Right. Um, your body responds to stress the same way. And that's through a release of cortisol and adrenaline. Right. Um, and so it's, it's for that. And, and that, um, and we, so that we then get headaches. We get um, irritable. Uh, we, we have a bit of a boost in, in energy because of the adrenaline. Right. And that makes us fidgety and that makes us shaky. And that makes us, because we're, for lack of a better word, we're jonesing for sugar. Okay. And, and what, Glucose. If, if you could imagine, our, you know, genetically, we're cavemen. Right. I'm sorry, we're cavemen. Right. Okay? What, when you start to, when you get stressed, you produce adrenaline. Adrenaline pushes you to action. Right. It's, it's nature's way of saying, hey, Thor, get out of the cave and go get something. Right. You know, you're in a state of discomfort. Right. And now you want to satisfy that. And to satisfy it, you have to leave the comfort, even though it's raining and cold. You have enough energy. You have enough motivation to get out there and go do something. Right. Okay. Right. Well, if you're out there foraging for food, that's one thing. But now we're foraging toward the refrigerator. Right. Okay. And that's the problem is we don't, right. we don't, we don't have to go on a search for food. We have to go out and kill something in right. order to satisfy that urge. Um, 
but that's what our body is doing to right. us. It's making us more active. Right. right. Exactly. And so, and so because of that stress response to uh, the hypoglycemia, again, I, I can see how uh, those behaviors, those symptoms can look ADHD-like. Because it's, again, it it gives you that energy. Um, Again, makes you a little bit irritable, a little bit impulsive, difficulty focusing and concentrating because you're scanning the environment and Mm -hmm. you're trying to, you know, again, biologically, you're trying to satisfy or resolve this stress. Um, But if you're sitting in a classroom, you know, you're distracted and and you have those kinds of issues. So you want to go out and kill something. Right. But you have to stay in your math class. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we think about in schools, when students who have uh, really high sugar-based breakfasts, like Fruit Loops and you know certain types of cereals, any cereal. Pop Tarts and things right. like that. Um, How about a Danish? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not surprising that mid-morning they start losing focus, they start uh, getting distracted, and they start getting into trouble. Then they'll have lunch, and lunch will sort of work to balance it out again. And then hopefully that'll get them through the end of the day. But when we, whenever I see a, a patient that we talk about ADHD and uh, it, we have that kind of pattern where this morning tends to start out okay, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit overactive because of that high sugar intake just before school, but then it kind of balances a little bit, but then there's this crash about 45 minutes to an hour later, you know, within 30 minutes or so before lunch can start, you know, we really have to start talking about what we're having for breakfast. Um, wow, that's a that really creates a dilemma, though. For for and that's why we say use the summer to do this right. because during the school year, what do you reach for? Everybody's in a hurry to get out of the house in the yeah. morning, so you reach for something convenient. Well, what's convenient? Pop tart, right. cereal, um, toast right. with jelly. Mm-hmm. You know, all the convenient foods are mm-hmm. high in sugar right. because they're all processed and packaged. Right. So nobody gets up in the morning and makes makes breakfast. Right. Yeah, I was. Like you make dinner. I read an article talking about that, and the person was saying, you know, in reality, um, an egg. You can take an egg, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you have to. They didn't talk about how to do it, but um, I don't know if so. I don't know if there's a thing that you do or you have to break it or anything like that. But you can cook an egg in less than a minute in a microwave. Right. So. You can have a healthy meal really quickly, right. but who does that? Yeah, no, we don't. Nobody does no, that. No, we reach, we reach for something quick and easy. Right. Um, because so we're putting it's quick kids, so we're already giving them this high sugar load out of the gates. Right. Uh, on the way to school, they eat, eat a Pop-Tart in the car. Right, no. right. Okay. Eat a Pop-Tart, drink a soda, and then... Or, <laughs> That's right. Or what's worse, what's just as bad as... Um, and this, this is really going to shake it for some people. Uh, fruit juices. Yeah, oh yeah. Fruit juices have so much sugar right. in it. And we mm-hmm. think, oh, well, but it's fruit. Fruit mm-hmm. sugar. No, it's, it's different. Eating an orange right. is different than drinking orange juice. Right. right. Because when, when, um, when the fruit has been processed for making the juice and everything... All again, we, we mentioned this earlier. All of the all of the other parts of the fruit right. are taken out. Mm-hmm. So the fiber, the antioxidants, all that stuff is taken out in the process of that juice. And so you're really just left with sugar water and maybe some pulp if you get the kind with pulp in it. Before you were born, there was a book called Sugar Blues. Whew. 
And that's how long this this issue has been talked. And they talked about flour and sugar in that book. Yeah. And because they did the same thing with flour, you know, there's when when the white flour that you buy in a store, mm-hmm. like you buy a package of five pound bag of flour, um, that is the powder inside the kernel. Right. In order to pro, in order to get that, in the early days of 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 machining making flour. The manufacturers learned that all that, the hull and the husk and the germ, all that, that gummed, that messed up their machines. Right, right, right. So they had way, so they threw all that out and they kept the powder. Mm-hmm. Well, the powder's the only non-nutrient there. Right. Okay, everything else that they threw out was where all the nutrients are. The right. fiber, the hull, the husk, that's where all the nutrients were. And, um, and they threw all that stuff out. They did the same, that's what you're saying about sugar. Right. Is that if you eat an orange, yes, you're getting fructose. But you're also getting fiber, and you're getting many other minerals and vitamins and nutrients right. from the fruit itself. So yes, you're getting fructose, but in the process, you're getting everything else. Right. When you drink orange juice, you're only getting right. the sugar. Yeah, because it's the fiber. Um, it's the fiber that slows the metabolism down a little bit of the right. sugar. So it's not mm-hmm. the the burst of sugar. It's more like right. a a long acting release. Uh, sugar, right. and mm-hmm. it's the antioxidants that right. reduce the well, we won't get into free radicals and all that kind of stuff, but um, sugar triggers free radicals in your system, which right. puts your body into an oxidative state, which causes problems. And so uh, the antioxidants that are also in the fruits help. But that's um, what we throw out. And that's sh- what we feed honey. to cattle in right. Florida. If you go to an orange juice plant, we throw all that stuff out and right. feed, feed it to the cows, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. which is the cows like it and it makes the meat taste better. But we're throwing out all those nutrients. Yeah, orangey beef. Orangey beef. Mm. Mm. Yep. So... So and okay, so that was a lot of sciencey stuff. Yeah, but but so the point is, um, sugar creates this is the trigger right. that creates a response in our body right. that looks like hyperactivity. And, and that's the way that I like to say it. Right. Like I, I don't. We're not I, saying yeah. That's why I said earlier that it, it doesn't. I don't believe that sugar causes. ADHD. It causes ADHD-like symptoms, right? But it doesn't cause ADHD because when we begin to, well, we, we won't get into autism today. But I have the same feeling about some things related to autism. Mm-hmm. When we start taking all of these symptoms, all right. of these behaviors, and we begin to categorize all of that as a disorder, we we minimize the importance of right. the diagnosis itself, right? Because um, you know, when we start talking about, and I think that this is where, uh, where quackery and, and charlatans come into play, snake, mm-hmm. uh, snake oils snake come oil. into play, right. place because if you take a particular vitamin mm-hmm. and um, it takes away those ADHD symptoms, then you can say, well, if, we're, if we're just labeling those symptoms as ADHD, then you can say, oh, this snake oil cures ADHD. Look, all these people, it took away... Well, it probably wasn't ADHD. It probably was a manifestation of these right. other things right. that mm-hmm. that snake oil uh, resolved. Right. But it wasn't ADHD. Right. And 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 it and it gives people false hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it leads to it leads to a complete misunderstanding of what the disorder or the condition actually is. And I think that it really uh, waters down science in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we have to. I, I'm always very careful with that. Um, I, with my patients, I'm always very cautious when making diagnoses for that reason. Right. Because I, I don't 
think that these are things that you just throw around. Um, you know, right. I, I hate the fact that after just an hour of meeting with somebody, you have to mm -hmm. give them a diagnosis. Right. That's yeah. a, that's for another, another topic. Story. Right. So so what we have is this this refined sugar, uh, and it's the refining whether it's flour or sugar or any other food. It's the refining process, whether you're refining an orange or sugar right. cane or beets or whatever. Um, when you refine it, you get rid, what, it, what we're saying is you're getting rid of the nutrients. Right. Okay. Uh, we hear a lot today about clean eating. There's a magazine right. out called Clean Eating. Well, clean eating is, let's go back to these whole, right. you, right. you mentioned whole foods, not the grocery store, um, but whole foods. That is keep all those uh, nutrients right. in your food. And that's what we're asking parents to do this summer is move toward a, a, a food plan. I don't like to use the word diet because it has a different connotation, but a food plan that includes whole foods rather than refined foods. Right. Okay. Because that's the easiest way to avoid sugars. Right. Right. And, and you know, you're not going to be able to, we know that you're not going to be able to do it every time. No. Every mm -hmm. day you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to, there's going to be times when you're out and you know, let's just go to Pizza Hut. Right. And, and exactly. Even though we know that what the dough and what the the, the tomato sauce and everything, mm -hmm. we, we know that. So there's going to be times when you have to, but prepare for that. Exactly. You, you know, there, there's going to be birthday parties. You know they're going to have cake. Right. You know they're going to have ice cream. So prepare for that. Know that that's going to happen, and don't zap your kids because they're misbehaving. Right. Um, don't um, you know? Don't say, oh, you know, we're rushing out, so here's a Pop-Tart on our way to eat a bunch of ice cream mm -hmm, and cake. Mm -hmm. You know, balance it with healthier foods before and after. And that's why we're saying it's going to take planning. Right. This, is a, this, is a, this is a huge transition for most families. Right. I mean, look at your cupboards. Right. Go through your cupboards and say, what, what is all the processed food here? And we're not saying get a big black garbage bag and throw everything out. Right. We're saying... Um, start to introduce replace okay, right start to introduce more whole foods right. use the summer to get your children accustomed to beverages that don't contain a lot of sugar right we're not saying get rid of all of them we're saying reduce mm -hmm. and introduce right okay um, whether it's food beverages whatever um, introduce whole foods, right. real foods that have the nutrients in them that your children so desperately need. You know, if you want to do something good for your children, start eating raw foods. Right. You know, start and, cooking more. And the reality is, is if it's not in the house, they're not going to eat it. That's right. I mean, you know, don't be mad at your kids for eating Oreos. Who bought the Oreos? Well, we, we used to do, I, I've mentioned it before on this program, we used to do a weight reduction program for children years and years ago. And um, we, we would tell parents, well, no, look, you got to, you know, stop buying that stuff. And they, well, why should we punish the whole family because she's overweight? Right. Well, you're not punishing your family by not buying Oreos. Right. Exactly. You're doing everybody a good deed. Right. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's beneficial for the entire family. Right. Uh, we had one dad who used to put all of his cookies in his truck, mm -hmm. you know, because he had to have his cookies. Okay. Right. Well, well, thank you for doing that because at least, as you say, if it's not in the house, right. you won't eat it. Yeah. Uh, again, I was talking to my son about it this morning because he, he's trying to be more health conscious and mm -hmm. he's going to go through the, our elimination diet this right. summer. Um, and he, because he wants to, he has some stomach issues and so he wants to see if we can, we're going to try to resolve that with his diet. And, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, this transition right. because we're going to have to, he's like, so he came to me last night and he's like, well, what should I, what should I eat? You know, I want a snack. What should I eat? Because 
you know, I don't want to eat this. It's like, dude, we we don't even have the house prepared yeah. for this yet. Right. We don't we don't have the snacks and stuff that you need right. here yet because we need to go this weekend and we need to you know stock up on the things that we need and mm-hmm. the things that you're going to have. But we we don't have that yet. Right. You know, you right. so you can't just say, okay, that's what we're going to do. It requires mm-hmm. some planning and requires some. You know, uh, yeah, organization, and you, and you don't have to send the house into shock, right? You know? Like I say, don't, don't get the big black garbage bags, and right. you know, because that's not going to last. It's like going on a crash diet. Right. Okay, it won't last. So gradually decide what direction you want to move in. And some of these foods you're going to like and you're going to eat, and others you're not going to like. Right. Okay, so do it gradually, do it carefully, but do it for the long haul. Right. Okay, and it's and it's replace, introduce. And reduce, if right. you think of it that way. Introduce new foods, reduce the old foods, and get to a better uh, place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's always nice to replace sugary snacks with fruit. Right. I mean, it, you still right. get the sugar, that you, the, the, the taste mm-hmm. that you're wanting, uh, but it doesn't have the same kind of negative effects. And it's so much easier. Man, we do that. It's so much easier to buy a, a box of what are those things fruit things called the they're, they're gummy fruity things yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they're supposed to be fruit right yeah it's a lot more difficult to get a watermelon and slice it and right. create a mess but if you have a watermelon on the counter cut up mm-hmm. a piece my kids will eat it right but somebody has to cut it and have it on the counter right. otherwise they're going to reach for those more convenient snacks right okay so yes it takes a little more work but it's well worth it yeah so we're talking about sugar, and when you do this, um, how much time do we have left, by the way? Yeah, a little bit, few, about 10 minutes. 10 or so. minutes, okay. Because um, I, it's important that we talk about how do we do this, okay, right. and we want to do it gradually. Uh, one of the things that parents ask us is, well, should I get rid of everything? No, don't, don't do shock therapy, okay? And when you start to reduce, when you start to eliminate items from your kid's diet. People say, well, is it okay? Yeah, it's okay to cheat once in a while. Yeah. Okay? Because what, what the research tells us is that people who have to feel that they have to go cold turkey, right. there's a negative right. feeling about that. Right. Okay? And you kind of resent somebody telling you, you can never do this again. Okay, right. So when your children get the urge or you're out someplace special, as you said earlier, you're going to a birthday party, yeah, go ahead and indulge. Right. Okay. Um, because when you deny, when you say to your children, you can never eat sugar. Right. Those are the kids who tend to overdo it when they have the opportunity. Right. And you don't want to create that. Right. And, and the, the, um, we automatically have this biological drive to go for things that we say we can't have. That, exactly. We, we, it's automatic. I don't, you know, doesn't matter some, who you are. There's right. some drive for that. But what will happen is that. As you eliminate some of these things, mm-hmm. what you will find is that um, even when you have the opportunity for it and you, you'll eat it, mm-hmm. you'll re- your body will respond and say, whoa, yeah. what are you doing? What's happening here? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but when we're talking about, you know, it's okay to cheat, it's okay mm-hmm. to, to have a, a snack every once in a while, we're talking about reasonable. Yeah, you know, right. a, a cheat isn't eating a cake. <laughs> It's eating a piece of cake, right? Um, and, and so, p- please remember that. You know, mm. don't don't say, okay, I'm gonna have my cheat day, so I'm gonna eat a medium pizza. Right. Um, that's 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 not a cheat. That's right. a that's a binge. Right. Um, and so you need to, you know, realize and, and sort of keep within a reasonable bounds when you have mm. those those. 
That's times. right. Um, many people want to do away with fast foods, you right. know, because we know fast foods are very high in fat, very high in um, sugar. I mean, there's a reason why a McDonald's hamburger is so darn good. Right. I don't care what you say. They're good. They may be bad for you. Right. But by golly, I could go eat about a dozen of them at any moment. You know, you could wake me up in the middle of the night and take me to McDonald's okay. and I'd gorge. But when you get that, you used the term Jones earlier, when you get that urge and you, you just have to have McDonald's french fries, go ahead. Yeah. They sell them in little packages. Yeah. You know, go in. You don't have to supersize. You don't have to supersize it. You don't need to get a Big Mac and supersize fries and a 32-ounce drink, you mm-hmm. know, that's refillable. Right. Okay. Um, go indulge that that urge, you know. Right. Um, you don't have to punish yourself. You know, we're not asking you to punish yourself. We're asking you to make this gradual transition. And when you get the urge to have a pizza, go ahead. You don't have to have an extra large pizza. Right. Go have a slice or two. Right. Satisfy the urge. And then you're back on your food plan. And, and, the, and here's where all of this all of this uh, brings us, and that is when kids eating sugar, consuming too much sugar affects learning. We have, there, there, there's lots yeah. and lots of evidence that right. supports this. There was a study in 2012 from, the, uh, from UCLA School of Medicine where they, where they found that um, f- uh, diets high in fructose, so mm-hmm. a particular type of sugar, and not from fruit, but just fructose, um, sugar that has been taken from taken fruit from and fruit. put into other things, right. um, that it, and that their, their report is, it harms the brain. Mm-hmm. It disrupts learning and can cause memory loss. Right. Uh, they did this very interesting study with, um, with rats, and they found that, um, uh, well, this was a, another study in 2014 at uh, University of Southern California. They, would, they, get, they had three groups of rats, and one group, you know, they, they taught them all this maze. And because, of course, when we study rats, we have to give them a maze to right. follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they had them, um, the, uh, they, they followed this maze. They, they learned the maze. And then over the next six weeks, they had them on different diets, three right. groups. One of them was on a, a sugary diet, a sugary water diet mm-hmm. that was sort of equivalent to drinking sodas. Right. Um, and they had that in just their typical rat chow. Uh, then there, there was another group that was getting that same sugary drink, but their rat chow was sort of um, uh, enriched with omega-3, uh, mm-hmm. especially DHA uh, from the omega-3. And then the third group um, didn't have, just had the regular, a regular diet, uh, water rat and rat food. food. The group that was just getting the sugary drink did horrible. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other two groups did very, very well. And that, mm-hmm. that one group that was getting the sugary drink with the enriched uh, rat chow with, with DHA, that sort of resembles people who are consuming fructose, but from natural sources, because mm-hmm. they're getting the natural antioxidants from the fruit mm-hmm. and things like that. And so th- it was a very interesting study because it, it showed very, very specifically that especially in adolescent brains, children right. and adolescent brains, uh, consuming, this is, was a quote from this article, and I'm going to have links to all of these articles in the, um, in the show notes. It says, consuming sugar-sweetened drinks is interfering with our brain's ability to function normally and remember critical information, especially in children and adolescents. Well, and I want to emphasize that, especially in children and adolescents, because um, what we're talking about here are the effects on children. And when you talk earlier about um, the effects of hypoglycemia and the release of adrenaline, it's different in children than it is in adults. So um, it takes um, 
uh, hypoglycemia causes the release of adrenaline at lower levels in children than it does in adults. And so what we're talking about is the effects of sugar on a developing brain. Right. Okay? It's like marijuana. Right. The studies that we do on marijuana are, st are studies that we do on adults. Right. Because who's going uh, right. to, nobody's going to give us our children to study marijuana. Um, so all the data we have is the effects of marijuana on an adult brain. What we know now from studies from Europe and, and from Israel is that marijuana has a different effect on a developing brain. Right. It's the same with sugar. Sugar has a different effect on a developing brain than it does on an adult brain. Right. So, right. Yeah, so we have to think in terms of what's it doing to a developing brain. Right. Okay. And, that, that's, and that's, that's significant. And so, you know, I guess the moral of the story today is here we are starting the summer. Right. Um, that's right. And we, we need to use the summer as a time to build new healthy habits. Exactly. Uh, for, not just for ourselves, but for our kids. For our kids. Um, or maybe I should say the other way, not just for our kids, but for ourselves. Right. Um, and one of the critical pieces of that is decreasing our sugar intake. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially our additive sugar. Right. Um, they, I, when, when I... I went off of sugar. I, mm -hmm. well, you say you go off of sugar. You still, I still as eat sugar. As much as you can, right. Because, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we still eat some carbohydrate. Rice is a carbohydrate. I mean, it gets broken down as uh, a sugar in your body. But um, when, you, when you cut out the, the additive sugar, mm -hmm. the processed sugar, and you, you really sort of restrict your sugar intake to, as best you can to naturally occurring sugars, like in fruit and honey, um, I mean, I read a really interesting study this morning about the use of honey as a as an adjunctive treatment with like metformin and things like right. that for diabetes. Diabetes that it significantly improves right. treatment. Who would have thought? Right. Adding honey helps improve. Honey is really good for you. It's good stuff. I mean, it's an antibiotic. Yeah. You can put it on cuts and things. Yeah. I mean, it's really like it is a health food. Yeah. But. With all the other sugar we have in our body, right. if you're only adding honey, you know it's also it also helps uh, allergies. Right, you know people have allergies to honey. Yeah, there's a there's a whole there's a whole area yeah. of medicine that focuses on uh, the use the, the use of honey and bee materials in general. Right. So so again, we we need to but we need to cut back as best we can on as on this extra sugar, and that includes well. We could go into the whole thing about no. uh, artificial sugars. We don't want to do that. Oh, that's uh, another because whole issue. that that those are just in as fact, bad. In fact, why worse. don't we say, don't move to artificial sweeteners? Right. And we'll talk about that maybe next time. Okay, let's talk because our body doesn't know what to do with those. Right. I mean, genetically, we're not programmed for that stuff. Right. Okay. So we're not asking you to move toward sugar free. That's like moving toward fat free. Right. It wasn't such a good idea. Right. Don't move to artificial sweeteners thinking right. that that's going to be an advantage because diet sodas do the same thing as regular sodas do to right. your body. You don't distinguish at a chemical level. Right. Okay. Right. So, and then, but then you're adding these other chemicals uh, that right. have other effects. And that's so. right. So don't, don't, don't do that. And we'll talk yeah. about artificial sweeteners. In another in, podcast. In, in another podcast. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this because i got to do some research with that. Yeah. So, all right. Did we do some good today? Yeah, but we could talk about this longer. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but, but the message is, please, use the summer right. to move in these healthier directions. Okay, right. it's a perfect, it's an ideal time to move in healthier directions. Introduce it slowly. 
uh, introduce and reduce and, um, and do it slowly, do it gradually, yeah. and move your kids to a new place nutritionally. Yeah, don't make it a shock. So. Right. you got eight or ten weeks to, to get it right. Exactly. And um, so in the show notes, you're going to find a link to some of the articles that we mm-hmm. mentioned, um, as well as a, a, a video link for a TED-Ed talk that I found about what sugar why we like sugar so much and what sugar does to our brain. So it's a pretty interesting five minute video. Um, also in the show notes, you're gonna find a link to our elimination diet manual, right. which, is, which has a, a component of talking about getting rid of sugars. And we give you a few simple strategies to help eliminate as best you can sugar from, from your diet. Right. But also these are the other things because, well, again, we could talk about diet for um, uh, two okay. years yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, you're also going to find link to the handbook for raising an emotionally healthy child, mm-hmm. part one, right. behavior management. And for the next two days, today, uh, today is uh, June 8th. So probably by the time most people are listening to this, the, 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 the promotion is going to be over. But June 8th and June 9th, so today and tomorrow, uh, the book is free. Two days. For two days. Oh, uh, you're going um, to get it. We'll have to, do, we'll have to try to do the promotion again later, but... Amazon kind of limits some of that stuff, but it's so it's available for free right now, free Kindle download, um, and so you can get, follow the link on the show notes and uh, pick that up. Um, right. And if you do, please write a review on um, Amazon. Let just us so, know what you think, so other right. people can find it and, and see what's going on with it. We also encourage you to write a uh, review for the for the podcast in general on right. on iTunes. We re- always appreciate those. Uh, well, we like it when they're kind words. Uh, so, <laughs> if you don't like it, tell us. If you do like it, tell everybody else. That's right. Okay. That's right. So, all right. Well, I think that's everything. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It's a good opportunity to talk about the summer. Yeah. And stay, keep, keep an eye out because who knows? We may be recording another one this evening or maybe even tomorrow evening. Who knows? Who knows what we we're going to do? We are unpredictable. But good. All right. So until next time, whenever that next time may be, I'm Uh, Dr. Bernie. Today's the next to the last day of school, public school. That's true. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow's the last day. That's true. Okay. Thank goodness. You're Dr. Bernie? I'm Dr. I'm Dr. Dr. Richard. I'm I'm still Dr. Richard. And you guys have a great, have Have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 